Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is the Spirit-Led Discipleship Podcast. I'm your friend, Nate Harkness, and I have a very, very special treat for you today because I have for you in studios, (laughs) a.k.a. my kitchen counter, my friend, Sarah, Sarah Johnson. Sarah... Welcome. <laughs> Hi, thank you for having me here. Sarah made me make her a cup of coffee so that she could be caffeinated for this. But um, Sarah, I'm really, really excited mm-hmm. to have you here. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted you to um, jump on the podcast mm-hmm. so that you could share a little bit of your story. Because um, of all of my friends, mm-hmm. uh, you have one of the most comfortable and intimate relationships with Jesus Mm. that I've seen. And I think it's a really, really special gift that um, I wanted you to be able to give to other people through your story. And so um, I thought we would start at the beginning and just get a little bit of your story. Mm -hmm. Um, You grew up in the South in Augusta, Georgia. And uh, we were just laughing about this Kind of your story is um, falling in love with Jesus against all odds. Yes. So talk about that. Very much, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yes, so I grew up Southern Baptist. I grew up in the church. I grew up hearing about God my whole life. I was a nursery school baby. Like, um, yeah, it was a lot of of God talk. Um, But it also came with a lot of rules and a lot of religion and um, very little, like, being able to trust yourself and being able to trust your own relationship with Jesus and um, even very little talk about the Holy Spirit. And so, yeah, it was a very dry (laughs) environment and um, it definitely um, slowed down my spiritual development, um, especially for the first 10 years of me being a Christian. Well, dry, but also like shaming. Like yeah. there were some really hard things that happened to you and you were not always treated the best yeah. in, in church circles. Yeah, exactly. And it, it played into family dynamics too. So I had a, um, just issues around like feeling, um, just abandonment issues and rejection issues. And I projected that onto God and the message I was receiving at church was if you were not good enough, if you, you know, were sinful or if you messed up or all these things, then you maybe weren't really a Christian. And, um, and I like for all of my teenage years basically lived with this fear that God was going to eventually abandon me. Um, And so that was really, really hard. And I also had complicated relationships with my dad. Mm -hmm. And I I remember in that season, like being aware that God offered me something better. Like he was offering me, offering to be a better father to me. Hmm. And I remember saying flat out, no, I don't want you. I want my dad. Hmm. And that was kind of my relationship with God. Um, until my dad passed away. Hmm. Um, you always had kind of a feisty relationship with God. I have. I have. <laughs> and it's, yeah, a really weird, bold relationship with God. But, like, I also kept coming back to him. Because I know even even then, even in as a teenager and all my angst and all my issues, there was a part of me that really wanted to get swept up in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember I read when I was in high school that Jesus freaks book came out, which is all about like martyrs and stuff. And I like wanted to be a martyr. I remember Mm -hmm. saying that I'm like, I want to die for Jesus. And, um, yeah. So there was a part of me that was really, I I love that. And I I so resonate with that. It's like, (laughs) Like as a teenager, like, I mean, I want to die for Jesus. I'm not sure if I want to let him love me. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like, I'm not sure how much I trust him. Exactly. But I do want to die for exactly. him. Exactly. Lay down my life for the cause. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like, when he's going to give up on me. Um, mm-hmm. Exactly. But, yeah. So all I can say for that period is I, I look back and I just feel it very much that Jesus claimed me and he was like, I'm not letting you go. Hmm. And, um, and he's like, I will wait you out. I will, (laughs) I will wait out like all of this dad stuff and all of your rebelliousness and all you pushing me away. Like, I'm not going to go anywhere. Hmm. Like you belong to me Hmm. and I am fully committed to this. Hmm. Um, 
because I don't because it was nothing in me, and there was no logical reason for me to like play out this religion stuff. Right. Um. So then my dad passed away, and that kind of broke me, and that. But it also got me in a place where I was like, "Oh God, I need you! Like I need you to just get out of bed in the morning." And it was the first time I started really getting pictures. Um, and I remember getting pictures of um, being in a worship situation at another Southern Baptist church, actually. Like, it was wild that it was going on then. But um, I would get pictures of just being a little kid at the feet of God. And he was, like, doing his kingly God business. But every now and then he'd look down and, like, wink at me or grin at me mm, or something. And, wow. and I got really drawn into this, like, father of God and um, really started connecting to that and that's when I started to hear his voice it was still like this was the early stages so it would be like nothing and then it would be like a burst and like yeah. nothing but just to be clear like these are these are happening like in your mental mm -hmm. imagery they're not they're not like open visions they're just mm. they're happening in your imagination yeah right? yeah absolutely in fact I didn't because they were happening in my imagination I didn't even realize that they were visions or like part of like my prophetic gifting or any of right. that um I didn't realize I had a prophetic gifting back then it was just like I'm worshiping in church and like singing along and this is just where my brain is wandering to right yeah well, I think that's really important because a lot of people are waiting to be taken over by mm. this experience where they lose all control of their faculties mm -hmm. and they're suddenly in heaven or something. But for you, and I think for most people, it's it's something that starts out like in your imagination space and yeah. in your in your mental landscape. And so, because I, I was going to ask that, like, mm -hmm. when did you really start hearing from God? And, mm -hmm encountering him in that way and so yeah yeah I would say early 20s it might have been a little bit before then um but that I can remember early right. 20s and that was that was blatantly like okay this is this is something bigger than just my brain because I I remember the first time I really heard God speak into me was I was driving in my car and I guess processing a bit of my dad's stuff and what I heard was um, that my dad loved me the best he could mm -hmm. and any lack in that love was his stuff and mm -hmm. it had nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I knew that was not my thinking. Like that mm -hmm. was not, that did not come out of me because my, I, that was just completely different from like my viewpoint. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that had to be God speaking mm -hmm. into that. And, um, and that really started opening up and shifting and in the world of healing and in the world of beginning to learn how to love myself and see my value and worth and beginning to understand how much God loves me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I love, I, I just wanted to highlight mm -hmm. the fact that we, you received something in those experiences of hearing God mm -hmm. that were really positive, but nothing like something you'd say to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that that's not anything that would come out of my brain. Like, mm -hmm. That is way too, you know, yeah. kind. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> to be me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's it sort of unfolded from there. I'm assuming like he's sitting on his throne. He's just kind of winking at you. Mm -hmm. And then, and then how did it unfold from there? Like how did that become sort of this love story that you're living in now? Yeah. Um, like, cause that, so those were kind of the early days. So it was, it was a very, still very slow moving. Mm. Um, and my relationship with God was still very like hot and cold mm. in that season, um, in those years. And, um, I ended up, uh, going back cause I had dropped out of college after my dad died and I ended up feeling like I needed to go back to college. And I did that. Um, I moved to Atlanta, um, and went to college for three years. And in those three years, I actually had very little to do with God. Hmm. Um, I would like, I would pray on my way to school, mostly out of anxiety. Cause I felt like if I didn't pray, like something terrible would happen. So like I needed that. Um, but most of the rest of the time I was just living how I wanted to live and I wasn't going to church. I wasn't part of any community of believers. I was just solo and wandering and, um, and, I remember my self-esteem being really rough back then and um, 
just having a really messy view of myself and of God. Um, and every now and then I would lean into God, mostly when I really, really needed something. And yeah. he would show up for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of, the, most of the time it was just me doing what I wanted. Um, and then toward the end of my college experience, um, I actually... So I like have been overweight my whole life. And that's been a piece of like kind of digging into my self-worth and self-value. And um, I was in one of my classes and this one of my classmates came in and she had just gotten engaged. Um, and my first thought like to her, like announcing that she was engaged was, well, of course someone wants to marry her. She's thin. Mm. And my next thought was, that's really messed up. Why am I thinking that? Mm. Um, and so that started me on this journey of, I'm going to learn how to love and accept myself unconditionally, Hmm. like accept, Hmm. learn to love and accept my body unconditionally and like accept myself unconditionally. And so that was going on. And then like around that same time I graduated from college, I was feeling very like directionless. Um, I like just was starting to realize I really needed, I really needed Jesus. I needed to get back to, um, him. And so I started going to this new church and started leaning into community. And in that space, that space, the, some of the people there really started to open me up to, um, just a whole new way of connecting with Jesus that I never experienced. I had like one of my friends there in particular, I remember her talking about dreams, like all these crazy dreams she had about Jesus that were beautiful and stunning and, um, I was like, I want to have dreams about Jesus. And she was like, just ask for Like, you can pray for that. Just ask mm-hmm. for that. And I was like, you can ask for that. Like, mm-hmm. and she would talk about, um, I remember, yeah, she was just share these crazy encounters with Jesus that I had never heard before. And that blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really just wanted it. Like I, mm-hmm. it was the first time too, that I experienced a desire for spiritual growth that didn't come from like shame or like you should be doing this and you're not. It came from, I want what they have. Like I want their relationship with Jesus. That's beautiful. And I want to pursue that. Um, and so, so yeah. So in that period, um, I really started to connect with Jesus. I remember like in that period too, I read song of Solomon Really? And yeah, and really like that's when I was like, oh no, this is Jesus loves me a whole lot. Like wow. that's when I connected to this is how Jesus loves me. Wow. And that's really like when it started, the Jesus is my boyfriend stuff started. Okay, so this is, yeah, and, and this is like, you read Song of Solomon and you just intuitively understood like this is Jesus pursuing his bride and I get to be part of that. Yeah, like I I remember it being like, and I don't know if it's because someone, I'm trying to think. I did have a friend who had the same connection with it. So I don't know if she, she might have helped me start like leaning into this Jesus is my boy. Because we were both single and wanted to be in relationships. And it's like, but you know, let's like, let's just hang out with Jesus. Yeah. And um, see how much like he like romances us. And um, so I don't know if she recommended reading Song of Solomon or if I just picked it up in that right timing in that right like framework. Yeah. But yeah, I I read it and was immediate like I read it through the lens of Jesus like loves me like yeah. this. And, so when you started like really opening your heart to mm-hmm. the idea of Jesus actually romancing you, mm-hmm. um, like what did that do for your heart? Um. Oh man, it was. It was really fun. It was really fun. And it was really, um, like, it expanded my idea of my value and my worth. Um, that he could love me like that. It satisfied a lot of things that I was craving. Um, for Because I, I am a romantic. And so um, the fact that I was already loved that way was really, like, just deeply satisfying and um because i think i mean i just think that somebody who maybe has never experienced anything like that Mm -hmm. or maybe thinks that's that's weird or Mm -hmm. even sacrilegious or wrong Mm -hmm. would 
would maybe say, you know, that's all just happening in your imagination. Mm-hmm. So like, aren't you just setting yourself up for disappointment mm-hmm. by creating this fantasy romance with, yeah. with Jesus, if that's not really his heart for you. But mm-hmm. what I'm hearing from you is that was really a very real thing and continues to be a very mm-hmm. real thing. Yeah. That's actually satisfying yeah. to your emotional needs yeah. for romance and connection in that way. Is yeah. That- yeah, yeah, I'm over a decade into this, yeah. and <laughs> and it's like it's only gotten better and more intense and mm. and more real to me. Mm. Um, the way Jesus and I like get into it, but the way Jesus shows up for me and like in ways that it just gets more and more real and more and more just giving me signs and and things that it's like no you're here with me and you are you love me like this Mm. and Mm. yeah it's um it is in my imagination but it's bigger than that Mm -hmm. um and yeah it's well and and so much i mean so much of discerning Uh what jesus is doing is by looking at the fruit and for yeah. you, and, and I resonate with this very much. It's mm-hmm. like, it, it's like, how could Jesus actually meet my emotional needs when he's just uh, an, an imaginary, invisible friend that's not real? Yeah, you yeah. Know? And then, but when I when I pressed into like believing actually he that he is real mm-hmm. and that his presence is with me, like I started finding these these emotional needs that were so unmet in my life, um, in in relationships with people were really beautifully and gloriously met in my connection with Jesus. Mm. And it was so satisfying and so powerful. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, it did something to my heart and it made me more peaceful in all of my other relationships. And it felt like actually this connection that I have with Jesus is the most fundamental and primal connection. Mm. And then all of my other connections like those aren't supposed to meet my most basic needs. Uh-huh. Like Jesus yeah. is actually always supposed to meet my most basic needs for love and acceptance and connection and yeah. belonging and safety and all those things. And all the other people help, mm-hmm. you know, like they're, but they're, they're on the second tier. Yeah. Like my, and I feel like that's what you've been discovering is mm-hmm. actually like, this is not your connection with Jesus is not a placeholder mm. for a better connection. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, it feels like that is the best connection, and yeah. everything else is going to flow from that. Yeah, and I had to learn that. Like, that took time. Yeah. And so, and I would say, like, in, in the season I'm describing now, where I, I had started going to that church, and I'm just starting to learn that, I still battled with that. Because there was still part of me that w- saw, kind of saw Jesus as a placeholder mm-hmm. for, like, wanting a husband or whatever, like, connection I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um like I was still battling with that and it was still kind of a, a back and forth thing. Um, and in all of this, my growing in my ability to accept that Jesus loved me and the depth of his love had to like be paralleled with me learning to love myself and realize how much like I, I'm actually valued and worth. And so those things would ping pong kind of off each other and build off of each other. Um, and so at this particular church in this season, I remember, um, there was just one particular sermon, um, and it was like at the very end of the sermon, I don't think it was even the whole, the sermon. It was like, we were doing communion and it was just the word over the communion, but, um, it was that we are bought with keep for keeps. Like we were bought with a very high price and we were bought for keeps. And like mm-hmm. that just idea that. God sacrificed Jesus for us. He's not going to then give us up Mm. because we do something stupid. Mm. And that actually, like, I cried the whole way home. Mm. And I, and it was not a quick drive. Like, it was like a 30 minute (laughs) crying on the interstate sobbing because it was the first time I understood that I fully embraced the fact that Jesus was not going to give up on me. God was not going to give up on me. That this was bigger than me. And it was bigger than me having to earn something or prove myself or be enough. Like, the value was already there. Um, And I remember remember in that time, too, being really drawn to the verses in Isaiah. And I'm going to blank on the chapter. But it's the um, the, uh, one... um, I have called you by name, you are mine. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like in verse verse four of that, it um, is when he's 
Jesus, God is saying, because um, I call you uh, loved and valued and honored. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away by, especially like the focus on valued and honored, because I had heard like unconditional love. Mm-hmm. But the idea that like he's calling the Israelites while they're like rebelling against him, valued and honored, mm-hmm. that blew me away. Mm-hmm. And that was that was the first time I had like that framework. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so I'm in the season also getting a deeper understanding of my value mm-hmm. and that I am lovable. Mm-hmm. And then that is deepening my understanding of how much Jesus loves me mm-hmm. and in growing in that, which is then also deepening that I am lovable. And it just like was this really awesome like spiral. Wow. And I've kind of just been in that really awesome spiral um, Wow. For like since then. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I totally love that. And I think that that's sort of the missing piece for a lot of people that like you in college mm-hmm. decided, hey, I have to work on my self-esteem, my self-worth mm-hmm. and my like just valuing and accepting myself. Like I need to find a way. And I've talked with people who are just like, I need to find a way to accept myself. Mm-hmm. And what ended up happening ultimately is you ended up looking at how much Jesus loved you mm-hmm. and it. And it allowed you to love yourself. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just like, it wasn't just this boastful, proud, I'm amazing, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just going to decide to love myself. Like you needed resources outside of yourself yeah. to find resources inside of yourself. Yeah, yeah. And the more you let Jesus love you, the more you are comfortable loving yourself. Yeah. And, and, and then probably the reverse is, I mean, it's been true for me, mm-hmm. the more I'm able to accept and forgive myself the more I'm able to also receive that from Jesus. And yeah. it is sort of this back and forth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That whole, because, um, you know, it's the, it's the, in what Jesus said, like, you know, the greatest commandment is to love God and to then to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think we forget the as yourself part. Yeah. yeah, that like a very key piece of this is you have to be able to love yourself. Because mm-hmm. um, you can only... You can only accept so much if you don't think you're, of yourself as lovable. And you can only and you can only give out of how lovable you like you can only love out of how lovable you think you are. But in in that passage he says the first commandment is mm. to love God. Yeah. And the second is like it. And yeah. I think like the that first commandment, like to love God mm-hmm. and to be loved by him, mm-hmm. is I, I think the key to Loving your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of, I don't know, it's, it's hard to love your neighbor as yourself and it's hard to love yourself well uh-huh. if, you know, you don't understand how God loves you and yeah. how you can love other people. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, I agree with that. And so, um, so it's been, it's been this really beautiful journey and, and it's had its ups and downs yeah. for you. Yeah. But what I've seen and we've gotten to know each other pretty well mm-hmm. the last couple of years, I, I love... Mm-hmm. that you go out on dates with Jesus. Yeah, so then the Jesus dates started. <laughs> like, um, they started, I think, 2018-ish, somewhere around there. Um, I started letting Jesus take me out on dates, and um, the very first one, it was I, was, I had started this new job, and I was a temp person, so it was only as they needed me, but... Um, I'd already gotten ready for work to that day. I didn't particularly want to go into work that day. And so I was like, Jesus, if I don't have to go into work today, I will like, we can go on a date. Like we can hang out. I'll give this day to you. And sure enough, I got an email that I didn't have to go to work. Aww. But I like had makeup on. And so I was like, okay, we're going to like do this. Um, and we went into just like um, this little sh- really cute little downtown shopping area. And we went into like a library, which like books are part of my love language um and we went into this little book sto- bookstore um it's actually a children's bookstore um and there's so there's this collection of books that i adore that are for kids they're called baby lit books um and they take like pride and prejudice and stuff but like really like it's like color primary through pride and prejudice and stuff like that <laughs> and um and the art is really simple but i love it and while I was in there, there was this collection of journals by that 
baby lit company. So it was that art and it was Pride and Prejudice. And it was a set of three of them um, all wrapped up in plastic. So I could only see the front cover of one and then the back cover of another one. Um, and I just, something in me was like, I felt like Jesus was like, yeah, get those, get this, like as a souvenir of, like as a remembrance of this day, like mm. get yourself this. So I did, and then I take it home and I open it up and the front cover um, is like Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy. And I flip it over and it was a quote from Pride and Prejudice, but it was, um, you must allow me to express how ardently I love and admire you. Mm. And it just like, it was just Jesus. Cause like, I had no idea that that was even on there. Mm. And I immediately like teared up and was mm. like, so it, that's where Jesus started. I don't know. It just became really obvious the wooing and mm. how like dedicated he is to loving me. And, mm. um, yeah, since then, like we just off and on, I go on Jesus dates. Um, mm. and <laughs> I realized kind of, kind of just this year I was, like planning another Jesus date with Jesus and it hit me I was like Jesus this is basically sabbathing and Jesus was like yeah but calling it a date is way more fun so let's do that I know I was going to say some people would call that like a devotional time or you know like like a sabbath but you're like let's this this will be a a fun Jesus date adventure yeah, and yeah. that's so awesome yeah and, like, and most of the time I'll put on makeup and get dressed up cuz it's a date and yeah. I want to look cute oh. and we'll like go out to eat or we'll go get coffee or we'll I don't know, we just find things to do that is yeah. just really connective and really sweet. And um, it's, and he's, it's just steadily like I'm getting more and more feeling his presence the whole time. Yeah. Um, and it's just, wow. yeah, really, really special and really sweet. Yeah, and he'll drop little things in there to remind you, hey, this is, this is real. It's yeah. like, I remember one, one time I did a, a solitude retreat, but it was really in a season where um, where the Lord was really wooing my heart mm -hmm. and, um, and I drove by, I went up to these beautiful mountains and I drove by this church and churches in the South, you rarely have like warm, positive things <laughs> on their signs, <laughs> but this little country church had a sign that said, um, uh, faith is not a journey of knowledge, but a passionate love affair. Mm, yeah. And, and it was just like a reminder from Jesus, like I am wooing your heart. Mm -hmm. I actually want to have a very intimate, even romantic yeah. connection with you. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you've got that. And this is one of the things I really admire about you mm. and, and love about you. And I think that you perfectly embody to me mm. that verse about, um, boldly approaching the throne of grace with confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a boldness that sometimes, sometimes even I am like, am I being irreverent with you, Jesus? Because it's, it's that I understand that he is the creator of the universe and he is the king of everything and he's all powerful and all of these things. And I feel like the boldness and freedom of like when I approach him, well, one, like, Whenever I need to connect with Jesus, it's like he is right in front of my face. Like we are always right, like right next to each other. Like, and a lot of times during worship, I just see him holding me and it's always very, very, very close. And, and I have experienced that him being very, very close, even when I'm like dealing with shame and know I've messed up, even when I'm angry at him and feeling rebellious, like regardless of what's going on in me when I like turn to Jesus, he is always like so, so close to me. Um, is it just you? Like I, I, I have to ask because mm -hmm. I'm just hearing voices in my head, like saying like maybe Sarah's just special. <laughs> like, and does, is does Jesus just feel this way about you or mm -hmm. does he feel this way about other people too? Um, I, I believe I'm special and I believe he feels this way about other people. We like, we have this joke that I am Jesus's favorite. Um, but I believe I say that because I believe we are all Jesus's favorite. Um, and I just fully embrace that. Like I am his favorite, but yeah, I, I believe that this is how Jesus wants to love all of us. That whole, like he, 
he really is a lover and he really does want to woo and romance us. And he wants this deep, deep intimacy with us. Yeah. And so it's an invitation for everyone. Yeah, because I think just even hearing a story like that mm-hmm. can cause people to feel a very deep pain mm-hmm. of, of longing and loss. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I have been trying to connect with Jesus for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes for... Some people for 70, 80, 90 years, yeah. like, I've just been longing to connect with Jesus in this way. Mm-hmm. And hearing you talk about it makes my makes me jealous. Mm. It makes my heart, you know, sad mm. inside because I just think about, like, I want that. Yeah. How can I get that? You know? It's yeah, like, yeah. I want that relationship with him. <laughs> um, and yet, like, I feel blocked. Mm. And I talk to people who are in that boat all the time. Yeah. They're like, well, good for you. Yeah. You know, good for you having found that. But there's also a real hunger there, too. Yeah, yeah. And I th- I don't know. I don't know if you have an answer to that. I yeah. feel like it's a journey for me to f- figure out, like, I want everybody to be able to connect with Jesus. But I also understand mm-hmm. that there were some really practical things that I was missing. Yeah, stuff yeah. Stuff that I wasn't taught. Stuff that I didn't understand. yeah. Stuff that was blocked in me that yeah. I couldn't see. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if I have a clear answer for everyone, and I don't want to say anything like trite or invalidating no. of their stuff, but I can say the people I have encountered who struggle with just this level of intimacy with Jesus and who may like they may be able to see Jesus, but he's all like he's at a distance, like the physical contact thing I'm learning is like Hard for like a lot of people and um, seeing Jesus right. or as, seeing like, his face. Yeah, it's like I kind of sense he's like over there, but I, you know, it's, I can't look at him. And yeah, his face is too glor. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so what? What I'm hearing in that when when I hear people talk and when I have talked through that with people is either that's a place of shame or fear or both. Um, so it's this kind of message. I knew like I received in the church um, growing up is that like just that, you know, we are sinful and we, you know, made it into like heaven by the skin of our teeth. You know, like we, we do not deserve any of this and um, we're so undeserving that we don't even deserve to look at Jesus's face. Mm. And I mean, technically that is true and that we have sin and you know, we are, we're in broken relationship, but what's also true is that the cross fixed all of that. And so if, if we believe that Jesus died for us and that we are covered by him, then we are covered by him. Mm -hmm. And so there is like, we, we get to walk around with Jesus's righteousness. So is that boldness? That's, that's a big chunk of where my boldness comes from is I am aware that when Jesus looks at me, there is no sin. Mm-hmm. And there is um, nothing for me to be ashamed of. Mm-hmm. And I am fully free to be a messy human who needs grace and mercy. Um, and none of, none of my mistakes and, and none of my sin and none of that is, discounts me from being able to be face-to-face with Jesus. Wow. Um, and that I... Yeah, that he, he, you know, like going back to the verse in Isaiah, like he calls me valued and honored before I did anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I am valued and honored by Jesus, then I am valued and honored enough to be able to walk up to him boldly. Mm-hmm. And no matter what my mess is mm-hmm. and be close to him. I, yeah. think the, I think the tension we feel, and we talked about this mm-hmm. um, offline, is that that sense of the heart is desperately wicked. Mm. It's deceitful and desperately wicked mm-hmm. above all things. Yeah. And that sense of, boy, that feels true mm-hmm. to most people when they take a kind of a moral inventory of what's going on, or they just live a little bit of life in yeah. any relationship. They're like, yeah. wow, I'm broken. Yeah. And, and, and I think we get so fixated on our brokenness. Mm-hmm. It's hard for us when Jesus says, you're a new creation, you are fixed, mm-hmm. you're healed, like you're new in me. It's it's very, very hard for us to actually take him at his word. Yeah. And what I see in what you're saying is, is I mean, I know it's hard. Mm-hmm. And of course, every day is a journey. Mm-hmm. But like, at the end of the day, you're able to look at Jesus and be like, yeah, I believe you. Yeah. And, and I feel like that's, 
on a fundamental level, that's it. And there's Mm -hmm. very complex, interesting reasons that make it hard for us to believe him. Mm -hmm. But I feel like at the end of the day, if we're able to just say, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. You know, full benefits package of the cross. Like I'm in, you know, I'm in for that. Yeah. Then that actually changes our reality. Yeah. We're able to try on that new belief system. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's that like, it's okay. What if I believe that my heart is fully redeemed and what if that means I can trust it now? Yeah. And if like, you know, cause our heart is also where Jesus lives. So as Jesus is living in the space, right. then why shouldn't we be able to trust it? And even in the cases where we get things wrong, you know, cause I, in hearing from God and all, you know, all of it is, I'm a messy human. I could hear wrong. I could get the directions wrong. I can mess this up. I, I know that, like I, I accept that and I trust that grace has got me. Like I have this net of grace to fall into. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that Jesus cares, cares far more about the intentions of my heart and that my heart's intention is to follow him. And I'm trying, even if I'm hearing wrong or get it wrong, I am trying to follow Jesus that he's going to honor that and bless that even if I'm, I get it all wrong. Um, and he, and just, we have talked about this offline before, but the like incredible redeeming power of Jesus, that's like just wildly ridiculous. And that can make like Jesus redeems stuff so well that like it can make really horrible things seem ordained because Mm. of how well he cleans that up. Yeah. And, um, and so I, it's that I trust in the redemptive power of Jesus and I trust in his grace enough to be bold and know that like, it's okay if I get this wrong. I'm allowed to be a messy human. I'm allowed to make mistakes. I'm mm. allowed to test stuff out. Mm. Um, I'm allowed to learn by trial and error. Like, mm. you know, and, and Jesus can catch me in all of that yeah. and turn it into something really beautiful. Yeah. And if, I, if I'm going from that theology, then I can trust my heart. I can see that pushing so many people's religious <laughs> buttons you like i mean just even when you're talking i'm like i'm feeling this like re- old religious baggage like rising up and me being like no no you can't trust and and I, and I don't think you're saying like trust yourself in the natural mm-hmm. but i think you are saying like hey jesus's work mm-hmm. is oh in your life is so and, it, and really his choice of you mm-hmm. is so secure mm-hmm. He's not going to let you go. Yeah. You're good. You're forgiven. Past, present, future. Mm-hmm. Like you're healed. You're redeemed. Like, yeah. He sees you in the spirit realm, like blameless, mm-hmm. like clothed in Christ. And it's just like, it, it, it's like we're, there's so much grace for, for us being, being messy. Yeah. Being just broken. I mean, not even broken, like because we've been healed and we're being redeemed and sanctified and all that. Yeah. But like, like his grace covers everything. It's like we see, I think so often we see God's will and his redemptive work as this little trickle that runs through our life. And we have to find that little trickle Mm -hmm. in the middle of the forest Mm -hmm. and follow it to Mm -hmm. God's will. But like, what if God's will was this huge expansive title that we just get caught up in and no matter like, and and we have choices and we can make good choices or bad choices. Yeah. But in all of it, like, um, like God works everything together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Yeah. And if we love him, like we're caught up in that tidal wave of his, his sovereign and redemptive purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And that to me just, I feel like if I can embrace it, then I can just chill out Yeah. and, and just, and just realize too, like, man, I can do whatever I want to do uh-huh. in Christ. Yeah. Like as long as my eyes are on him. Yeah. Everything I do is going to be good, even if it even if it messes up, even if, it, you know, I start a business and it fails, even mm-hmm. if I, you know, have a child and they rebel, even mm-hmm. if, you know, think, things get hard, I get sick, like, whatever it is, like if my eyes are on Jesus, mm-hmm. there's so much freedom yeah. to move yeah. because, because I know that if my eyes are on him and he has my heart, yeah. then we're thinking together. Yeah. Like we yeah. have the mind of Christ yeah. and, and we're going to make the right decision mm-hmm. 
And even if it's the wrong decision, uh-huh. it's going to be the right decision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that freedom piece. That's what I kept thinking is like, we are so free. Yeah. And if we, if we walked out in our real freedom, like that would change the world. Yeah. Like, but it's freedom. I think for so many is so scary because it's also the freedom to make mistakes and it's the freedom to get it wrong and it's the freedom to be messy. And if you're operating in a place of like shame or fear or legalism or religion or any of that, all of that stuff is terrifying to like get this wrong. Like it, it is, and it's, it is a weighty thing, like, but you're not going to lose your salvation because you get it wrong. And, and I think we're also like, like for me, fear can come in, in the, like, I also don't want to damage another person. Um, which is like, that is a, that's a good thing to not want to damage another person. And Jesus is also enough to cover that. Like he, like, I am allowed to be messy and in my mess, I will definitely hurt other people and I don't want to, but that's just part of being human. And then Jesus gets to step in and that gives like, I get to receive mercy and grace in that, which Mm. is always beautiful. Mm. And like, I like, it can be an opportunity for healing and growth. Um, even when I hate it. (laughs) I I think, I mean, I think that risk is, is risk is something we have the freedom to take. Yeah. But also risk is required in the journey of faith. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about the parable of the talents and Mm -hmm. one guy buried his talent, Mm -hmm. two guys like invested it and Mm -hmm. doubled it. And really only when we take risks, are we able to, to, like invest things and see them grow. Yeah. Like when we stop taking risks, that's when we're actually in danger. Yeah. Like yeah. we have to take risks and we have to like step out into vulnerable unknown places like Peter stepping out of the boat. You uh-huh. know? Like yeah. We, just, we have to step out. Otherwise yeah. we'll never know. Yeah. Like we'll never know the heart of God. Yeah. And we'll never be able to like to trust him in new areas yeah. of our life because we're so locked down Yeah. in, in, you know, forms and, and religion. And, yeah. Um, so I love that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And even in that, like Peter got to be messy with that. Like he yeah. started to sink, like he got freaked out and started to sink and like Jesus caught him. Yeah. So yeah. Is that like, and he even yeah. got rebuked and that yeah. was okay. And, and he was still in. Yeah. You know, yeah. he wasn't out of the club after that. Yeah, exactly. Jesus was like, yeah. Um, you know, why did you doubt? You yeah. have no reason to doubt, but you're still in the club. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> We get to be instructed, we get to be rebuked, we get to be messy, we get to get grace, we get so much stuff yeah. and still be included and still be accepted and still be in the club. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So I want that too. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, I mean, I think it's a journey, mm-hmm. but I've seen you grow so much in mm-hmm. this, even in the last two years as yeah. we've been talking. Um, you've, you've gotten into some very, very deep places mm-hmm. with, with the Lord. Yeah. Um, and he's... I mean, he's, he's put, he's done a lot of healing work in your life Mm -hmm. and I love seeing you get that freedom with him. Is there anything like lately that's really burning on your heart that he's just been speaking to you about? Um, I mean, he's really, so he's really tapping into my imagination. So I'm a creative, I like have a wild imagination. I've been a daydreamer basically since birth. Um, and it's been like the daydreamingness has been messy um, because it had been a space for me to lock Jesus out and to just like be in control. And very recently I have, um, done some healing work around that and broken out of that and was able to give my daydreams to Jesus and invite him into my imagination. And I know talking about daydreams and imagination for a lot of people are, is like, that's just fake. That's just your imagination. You can't trust that, all of this stuff. Jesus does such incredible things with my imagination that then allows me to bless other people and empower other people. And, um, and he gives me words and pictures for people and that then it is real. Like it becomes like the words and pictures I get for people that come out of what feels like just my imagination, but it's my imagination with Jesus. Then like I will give people these, these words and 
they'll be like, oh, this lines up with like what I've been hearing from Jesus. Or yeah. like there's always confirmation there yeah. um, to let me know that this isn't just in my head. Well, and I think, I mean, the concept that like a picture is worth a thousand words. Yeah. I, I think it's so limiting um, on God, mm-hmm. like to, to think like God only speaks to my left brain through rational principles and English sentences yeah. that end with a period. Yeah. Like thus saith the Lord. Like <laughs> why couldn't God speak through a picture, mm. through colors, through mm. music, through mm-hmm. frequency, through any number of things that may filter through a different part of our brain, yeah. but are no less communications from God. Everything is translated anyways. Like yeah. God, God's native language is in English. Yeah, absolutely. And yet he translates himself into that language for us. Yeah, yeah. Like God, and why not, you know, speak all, all of these kinds of languages to communicate with us. And Jesus does in the parables. I yeah. Mean, like Jesus is always talking in pictures. Yes. Yeah. Jesus loves to talk to me in metaphor, yeah. like all of the time mm-hmm. <laughs> to the point that sometimes it's frustrating. It's like, could you be a little less cryptic? Yes. <laughs> please. Just very clear directions here, yeah. please. Do not make a play on words right now. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's really, it's very Jesus. And um, something I'm just learning now that I'm kind of walking through and figuring out fully um, is that Jesus has spoken to me that my imagination is a space where, um, there is a space of spiritual strength and power and resilience for me. And that, that I can help people come into that. And that's the thing is my imagination is so much of like my space for loving Jesus yeah. and, and receiving his love and getting that like deep, deep connection I crave and that deep intimacy I crave. Right. And, um, I think, I think imagination is underrated in the church. Um, and I'm a big whimsy person. I'm a big wonder person. Yeah, you are. And, yeah, I am. <laughs> and I feel like all of those things, well, especially whimsy, um, can be underrated in the church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I just, I just got like got the picture of a mailbox. Like, your imagination <laughs> is like the mailbox where Jesus can drop his little love letters. Uh, you know. Yeah. And it's like this space that you that you have carved out and said, "This is for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like this is not for Satan or for like." you know, earthly fantasies. Like yeah. this space is for Jesus. This is my mailbox where he can drop his, his little letters and, yeah. and I can experience him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, and yeah, so my sense of whimsy and wonder and imagination have actually given me deep resilience, deep perseverance, deep encouragement. Like it's, it's so good for me in my spiritual health and um, it feeds like that childlikeness that we're supposed to be. And I would love to see more people experience that and lean into it Um, Mm. because it only makes us stronger as believers and it only like feeds our spiritual relationship and um, just connects us deeper with Jesus. And that's like, that's really what I want people to experience and know is like how wildly crazy Jesus is in love with you Mm -hmm. and that you can, you can sit with him in this and you can, you are allowed to look at his face and you're allowed to hold on to him and be just swept up in his arms. And it's so, it's like the most delicious addictive thing ever. Mm -hmm. And I can never get enough of it. (laughs) And, um, Mm -hmm. and I, I just want other people to have that experience too. Wow. Yeah. Well, you answered my last question, which is like, man, I, I, I know, I know that somebody's going to hear this and be like, ah, I'm so hungry for that. Like, ah, it sounds so good. And I feel so locked up and, and mm-hmm. trapped mm-hmm. And, and locked down by whatever. Yeah. And, um, and just, yeah, your heart for them. Like mm-hmm. Jesus is in love with you. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus is so in love with you. You are his favorite. <laughs> just remember that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was wondering if, um, yeah, just maybe you could ask Jesus right now, like if there's anything he would want to say, okay, um, to somebody who's really hungry to experience them, mm. and and maybe just pray that, yeah, um, yeah, okay, yeah. um, yeah, Jesus, um, 
Thank you for how you love us and your deep, intimate love for all of your children and um, how desperate you are to connect with your children on this level. Um, as a friend, as a brother, as a boyfriend, mm-hmm. um, just that really, really deep, deep intimacy. Um, and Jesus, is there anything you want to say to people who are struggling mm-hmm. to know this connection? So what's immediately coming to mind is actually, it's a song um, that's really special between me and Jesus. Um, And um, it's by Mumford and Sons. Hmm. And the line that's going through my head um, is, when it's said and done, I am yours forever. Like I said, I'm done. I am yours forever. Hmm. Um, Hmm. And so that's the, the... Jesus is fully committed to you. Hmm. Uh, and he's fully committed to you experiencing this deep connection with him. And he's not going to fail you in this area. Um, so it's not on you. It's not on your striving and your ability to fix yourself and whatever blocks you're struggling with. Jesus is the pursuer and he's going to have the victory um, because he is so radically in love with you. Wow. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Well, thank you, Sarah. That's yeah. so, so fun. Yeah. Thank you for hosting me. <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> well, you got coffee and so. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit. All right, guys, that's it for today. Thanks for being with us. And if you experience Jesus in any way today, I would love for you to let us know. Mm -hmm. Drop us a line or a comment. And um, share this with your friends. Sarah is amazing. She (laughs) deserves to be shared. (laughs) That's why I wanted her on here. (laughs) Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah.